0: kfgo morning crew five to eight weekdays on the mighty 790 and 104.7 kfgo welcome back couch potato radio with you here on the mighty 790 and 104.7 kfgo last hour during the drive time news hour we had the Fighting Hawks daily update you heard the end of the call it was a little white knuckled there at the end but uh they got her done, and UND completes a sweep of the University of Minnesota Duluth. Steve Olson is with us, color analyst for UND hockey on the radio network, along with Tim Hennessy. Oli, thanks so much for being with us here on this nice uh, weather day, huh?
1: No problem, Derek. I'll tell you what, that coach potato radio thing is the uh, is the ticket right now. Because who wants to be anywhere but their coach right now? This weather sucks. I'm getting
0: tired of it. Yeah. Well. The problem is uh, living a half hour out of Fargo. It's uh it's a uh, couch potato radio, and you know bedtime here for me the, the, tonight. Yep, so I get I get I get to be uh, you know sitting here at uh, work. But you know I guess there are worse things in the world. I uh, yeah I, I there's part of my old job I didn't mind, but uh, driving in days like today, no no thank you. Not it was, no. it was sunny and seventy five was I, nice just to listen to the radio, have the win- oh, windows down, but uh, not today.
1: I got to make a trip for business up to the northwest angle tomorrow. That might be a little bit tricky. Ooh.
0: Well, it is a little (laughs) bit worse south. So, I mean, I saw the Twin Cities. The Twin Cities was sunny like in the 40s yesterday, and now they're getting hammered. Can you imagine that? I I don't know which is better, having that type of swing or just being consistently cold. Uh, None of it's good. Well, when I
1: left Duluth yesterday at about 9 o'clock, it was 32 above, and it was melting. and. It was flying all the way until you got to Crookston. You know how it is from Crookston to Grand Forks. It's got to be the worst stretch of highway in the United States.
0: <laughs> well, I Every tell time you, the wind blows, right. you
1: can't see anything.
0: Well, I used to have a route that would go from Fargo to Grand Forks to Crookston to home, right? So, you know, just go mm-hmm. down nine. So it's kind of a big, you know, rectangle for me. Yep. And uh, But, yeah, you're right. Uh, if you make it to Fisher, you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. But <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it is... Uh, it is I and mean, once you if you're coming from Grand Forks now in your case you're getting to Fisher that's probably the worst stretch from Fisher to Correct. Oh my heavens. Well it's yeah, it's terrible. One that would rival it is uh 210 from Breckenridge to Fergus Falls in Minnesota. That thing closes Yeah, made
1: that one many times too. Yep.
0: It's just flat, right? It it seems like the yep. roads lower than the actual, you know, farmland that's on each side Correct. of it, that's part part of the problem. So yeah. And you a,
1: don't know where the ditches are.
0: No. Cuz they're filled. Yeah. It's uh It's not fun whatsoever. Not even snowbillers can enjoy this wind as much as they... No, I wouldn't. No, no, not at all. We did enjoy hockey on Friday and on Saturday night. Uh, That was a nice performance. I mean, I I, I was kind of caught off guard Friday. And anytime you can sweep anyone the NCHC on the road right now, but certainly the the team that's kind of been the top dog the past couple of years.
1: Yep. The last time we swept, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the last time we swept Duluth, The last year that we swept Duluth, either here or there, was 2015 and 16. And you know what happened that year.
0: Hmm. Maybe that's an omen,
1: huh? It might be. I'll tell you what, Derek, I'm going to be honest with you. This team, especially this coaching staff, this is the best job that this coaching staff, and they do a good job, but this is the best coaching job that they've ever done is with this particular group right here. It's just amazing how they get these people, they just plug these people into play. And they get something out of every single one of them. I mean, they had three guys that got their first career goals this weekend. The first night, <clears throat> all the defensemen scored all the goals the first night. There was no forward that scored and they won. I mean it's just it's amazing that you think about it you've got you have arguably the most talented player in the country, and in my opinion, the best player in the n c h c in Sanderson who has missed a third of the overall game and half of the league games. And you're in first place, and you control your own destiny. How? You know, what do you say about that? I mean, it's, it's just a, amazing how some of these guys have played.
0: What? And why do you think that is? Because they certainly aren't worse with them in the lineup. It's just—is it, 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 just, it a coincidence or? It's
1: it's a it's not a coincidence. What it is is. They're not as good as those players that aren't there. And when Gaber was on the other night, you'd be foolish to say, oh, we're better without Reese Gaber, right? He's getting, he got 34 points, and he's like fourth in the league in scoring. You're, you're stupid if you if you wanted to play without him. But what it is to me, Derek, is, you know, everybody says it's this next man up mentality. And I think that's an overused term. And to me, it's more than that. And I'll tell you what I think it is, that. They instill the belief on all these guys here, even the guys that aren't in the lineup, the guys like the Brent Johnsons and the Dane Montgomerys and the Carson Albrechts who aren't in the lineup every day. When they get in there, they instill confidence in those guys that they believe that they should be playing at this level and that that's why we recruited you to come here is that we thought you could play at this level and they believe it. And that's the isn't that the key is the confidence and the belief. That's yep. what makes it work. And that's why they do so well because these guys work so hard because it's so hard to get in the lineup that when they get in there they don't want to get taken out of the lineup. And they're just getting contributions from up and down the roster. It's it's just amazing. I mean, to me, talent wise, this is probably a a fourth or fifth place team in the league. But when you call when you talk about the heart and the grit and everything like that, that's where they're at where they're at. And really to be honest with you, they control their own destiny now when it comes to the league title, right? They get two games at home, two games on the road, and they're up by a game.
0: Well, yeah, so, I mean, it's just amazing what that this sweep did. It just it flip flopped yep. everything. And, and granted, if you do that in this league, I mean, it can make a difference because everyone's eating away at each other. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, yep. they cannibalize each other so much. But man, when I heard that they jumped in the first place, I'm like what that that's what that did for them. That's nuts. Correct.
1: And think about this: not only are you in first place, or you're going to finish first or second, presumably. Um, just think about your matchups in that first round, right? So you, you want to play, you want to play Miami or Colorado College. I'm taking anything away from those two in the first round, or do you want to play St. Cloud? Yeah, right. In the first round. Yeah. We, There's two teams that are going to be NCAA tournament teams in this league that are going to go on the road the first week of the playoffs in in, in probably Omaha and St. Cloud. They're going to go on the road. In the, in the league playoffs, they're going to have to go on the road in the first round to play, and they're going to be in the turning.
0: That's crazy. Uh, Derek Hansen <laughs> with you. This is uh, Couch Potato Radio. Steve Olsen with us, uh, analyst for UND Hockey on the radio side. And as you know, and I'm not just saying this because well, I live in Barnes, so I don't have Midco or anything like that, so I listen to you guys. I turn my Google uh, home thing in Nest, and I, you know I'm watching something else. And I hear the name Frisch a lot. And, and, when I, when oh. I, and if I hear that a lot, I'm going, man, that guy has got to be the blue-collar guy. Because uh, Just tell us about that, because you get to see it firsthand. Uh, how gritty is he? Because he just seems to be in, in, in on everything. I hear Tim calls name all the time.
1: He is, and I'll tell you what. He's one of the guys that I'm speaking about, not as heralded as some of the other guys they've had here on defense. He's not Kierstead. He's not Sanderson. He's not Pullman. He's not those guys. Just a great, all-around steady guy. I mean, he, you name it, he does it. He kills penalties, plays on the power play, plays a regular shift. He's eaten up 30 minutes a night since Sanderson's been gone. He's been playing 30 minutes a wow. night, half the game. And to be honest with you, their power play right now, without Sanderson here, since Sanderson's been gone, is clicking at 40%. He's got six goals, six or seven goals in his last eight games, four or five of them on the power play. He's got now has nine or ten goals, I think on the season he has more goals than any defense than we have on our team, including Sanderson. I mean, he's just phenomenal, I mean, and you know people he he people lose track of him because they'll all they ever hear about is Sanderson and then you hear about Ronnie Addard over at um at Western Michigan and all that stuff. but I mean, he has put himself in a position right now where he's all conference he's right there. I mean he's he is that good and he is playing phenomenal.
0: Yeah, well, it's great yeah. to see. Obviously, we're a little mm-hmm. uh, biased because, you know, a Moorhead native, Ethan Frisch, and yep. I guess we always like to have the FM kids contribute if he and Tyler Clevin are on each side of each Correct. other, right? I mean, that's a that's not a bad yep. uh, blue-lined pair there.
1: No, it isn't. And Tyler Clevin, I thought, had a good weekend, and he was dinged up for most of the weekend. They didn't even know if he was going to go on Friday, and he ended up playing both games, and, I really like the way he manages his game and manages his minutes, and when they needed him, he was there to uh, to contribute. You know, to block shots. I think he blocked eight or nine shots on on Saturday night. You know, and it's they a, blocked as a team something like twenty.
0: Sure. I mean, you, yeah. we talk so much about these lines, and it's one of these things where you're not going to have maybe one of these top lines that we had. Certainly, you mentioned you know in 2016. I mean, that was great. Right. That's one of the all timers, right? But you know, yep. you, you look at. uh you know, Ford and Gaber and Constantini, obviously, Sennon, I mean, is Mark Sennon an unsung leader? I mean, he's another one of those guys that you're talking about because he's certainly, uh, yep. that, that Caulfield and Jamernick line is so huge. He, 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 they do so much on so many different levels.
1: Yeah, I, the, the, the Senen Jamernick, and Hayne line was going so good before Hayne got hurt. And he's lost for the season. Mm-hmm. It was probably the top checking line in the league. It was one of those lines where there was enough experience there that you could, you could no matter what you were, what situation you were in, you could flop them out, out against anybody's top lines and then get your top lines kind of away from them. You know what I mean? To check their other team's top lines, they've had to rearrange that now. With Senden has been hurt, hasn't played now four games. Haynes done for the year, so now the, the what was our fourth line, who, which is our third line now with uh, the kid from St. Cloud, Ports. Uh, Griffin Ness and Carson Albrecht have now become the checking line and they've played so well too that. I mean, I wouldn't hesitate to put them out there against anybody because they play the same type of game, a hard heavy game where they force the puck in the offensive zone, not necessarily coming out with as many scoring opportunities as that other line, but they're forcing them to go 200 feet to score a goal. They're not spending a lot of time in their own end of the rink, right? So that's what makes them so good. And now Jammonick's back. They put a line together with him and uh, Jackson Coons, the big kid from Grand Forks, and uh, Dan Montgomery, who got his first goal on Saturday, and they were really good. And what you were saying before about not having, like, like a real blue chip, you know, one line that's real blue chip, what they have is they have more of a a kind of a compilation of its parts-type team where they can roll four, and they don't lose much. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're not gaining much, but they're not losing much, right, because they're all pretty consistent in what they do. And that goes back to the coaching, in my opinion, because when you recruit people here, and this staff is very good at it, they're very honest where they see these kids, where they're going to be. And if you don't buy into that or don't agree with that because you're on the power play wherever you are, and they think you're more of a checking forward when you come here, you're probably not going to come here right you're coming here accepting the fact that this is what you need to do to be in the lineup and be successful and they do it
0: yeah it's interesting i talked to dane jackson last week at the uh, fargo uh, uh, fighting hawks fan luncheon and we talked yep. t- just t- kind of talked about that too is that you know they they all kind of know their roles and they you know they're not really they they got bigger things coming up in the future, but that doesn't matter right now. I think, you know, after a couple mm-hmm. of years of frustration, they want to get in there. And the guys who were there last year for that five overtime game, uh, they're telling the stories of that, too.
1: Correct. You know, and, and the thing of it is, is, is all these kids, wherever they came from, they were the guy, right, wherever they came from. Right. When they come here. Everybody is good when you get to this level, right? Everybody was, was leading their league in scoring or was on the power play and on the penalty kill, right? All the kids were. That's why they're here. It's, it's the understand that this is what's best for us and this group to win. That's important. And like CBS you said, News there's, there's some kids coming in that are going to be really, really good. But those the kids that are this is their last shot. They don't care about that, right? They're doing it for this year. They want to get to the tournament. And I'm not saying this team's going to win a national championship, Derek. But I'm I'm not saying they're not, because I've seen teams like this get in before and win, right? They're not the best team, but they're the team playing the best at that particular point.
0: Do you think uh, the USHL and you know, depending upon where the players are coming, obviously UND has a lot of USHL kids. That kind Maybe. of that prepares you for that a little bit too, right? I mean, cause, absolutely because absolutely. You, you go from yeah. high school, whatever you're at, you're doing your Pee Peewee thing. you go to the USHL, everyone's competing to get that offer, right? I mean that, that type of thing yeah. if you haven't had one already or you're kind of going that, and you don't want to lose anything on that that certainly has got to help you quite a bit. It's a unique thing to call well, sure. but, but mm-hmm. it sports, it, but it's a it's a nice thing for all these hockey programs It's a
1: developmental league. With, with the emphasis on getting you to the next level, right? That's what it's for. And that's exactly why those kids are there. The kids that are there are ones that have expectations of playing hockey beyond being in juniors, correct? That's what it's for. And I think what's making it really tough right now is if you can make a USHO roster because with what's been happening in Canada with the junior a leagues and them shutting down a lot for over the last two years with the pandemic, a lot of their kids have been coming down here and playing in these leagues, especially the ones that are committed, like the ones that are committed to UND, and they were playing, say, in Penticton or in Okotoks or somewhere like that, they came down here last year and played because their leagues were shut down and they played here. So that makes a big difference when you're getting ice time and you haven't played in the year, right?
0: Right, okay, absolutely. They want to play.
1: Yeah, And so it so it's made the competition for spots in the USHL even that much keener because now you've got top-notch kids out of Canada that are coming down here and playing in these leagues where when I was playing, Derek, that was, it was unheard of, right? There was no Canadians coming down here. They were all staying in their leagues. And then they were going to the Western league and playing tier one. They weren't, the kids want to go to college now, right? Yeah. The college route for them, even the Canadian kids that are looking at all these kids that are playing, uh, playing hockey in the U.S. juniors. And then the college, they are looking at them getting drafted like the Owen Powers and the Hughes's and the and those kinds of guys, and Jake Sanderson—they are thinking, well, there must be something to that, right? Because all these guys are getting drafted in the top ten, right?
0: Well, for sure. Well, I mean, you're looking and mm-hmm. uh, down the roster, at, you know, UND, and you see all the the NHL, you know, who they've been drafted yep. by. That that's uh that yep. that opens up your eyes quite a bit if you're sitting up in the Great White North.
1: It certainly does, and I think the the thing about it, and I've always said this before, is when you have junior age kids that are coming down here. From wherever they're from, whether they're from the USHL or from Canada or a high school, and they're playing U.S. colleges. They're playing against men already. You know what I'm saying? Some of these guys are 23, 24 years old because they have that fifth year because of the pandemic and they've transferred. I mean, they're guys that have been playing for five years, and they're already developed, right? When you're playing juniors, you're playing against kids that are developing. So... The players are bigger, faster, and stronger in college than they are in juniors, and they already have that under their belt before they go to college. See what I'm trying to say? Yeah, they're they're ready to play.
0: For sure, Steve so, Steve Olson yeah. with us, analyst for the UND uh, Fighting Hawks radio network. Let me ask you this uh, before we kind of wrap things up: It would be nice, and they yep. couldn't do it, and they have the problems with it, you know, in, in Major League Baseball already. That's a whole different story, but. It would be nice if, like, Fargo was the feeder system to UND and Omaha was, you know what I'm getting at? That would be kind of fun. Yep. But I, I don't know how they'd work it out because you got Lincoln and all that. But it's 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 interesting. And I know Carl Gehring, I mean, it, it was a little different animal with the ice sharks here, you know, before the force came yep. on board. But he he talks a lot about that. And mention him. I've heard more people under the radar talk about how he's kind of this guy. Like, it's almost like he's a he just kind of knows being a goaltender, he can set up offenses because he can, he's seen it so much and vice versa. He helps out the goalies. Cause well, he was a pretty good one back in his day.
1: How? You know, I, I think, I think there's something to be said about that. To be honest with you, it's sort of like a catcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can kind of like, I always say catchers in baseball, have an advantage sometimes when they get to the plate because they know what the strike zone is and they know what he's going to call and what he, they're going to get away with and all that kind of stuff. I think with the goaltender it's somewhat the same because when he looks out he knows what he's seeing in front of him, right? He knows how the other team is attacking, how they're forechecking, how they're backchecking, how they're setting up in the neutral zone. And Carl has been the one that has been working the power play and making adjustments on the power play without these guys being in the lineup, and they're clicking at forty percent. It's unheard of. I mean, 40%, you, there's nobody that's going to be at 40% for the year, obviously. They're not going to be either. But I'm just saying he's doing something right to be able to score that many goals on the power play with the people that they're putting out there. Yeah. And he's and, and he's done a phenomenal job.
0: Yeah, I've, I've just heard from a few people. He's a pretty unsung hero. You just have no idea what yeah. he's bring brings to the table. So I'm using that source yeah, to, totally my, <laughs> to my... I totally agree. And speaking of that goaltender, I mean, uh, what is it, the third week in a row? Uh, Zach Driscoll yeah. is... Is uh, the goaltender of the week in the NCHC? Considering yep. he had some stumbles early in the year, and Dane Jackson and I talked about yep. this last week. You know, to get replaced and then bounce back like that—maybe a little competition was good to wake him up a little bit.
1: I think you're exactly right. I mean, to me, he underperformed in the first half of the year. He wasn't the Zach Driscoll that we saw at Bemidji State. That was for sure. He was uh, a lot of wasted movement, a lot of uh, giving up a lot of rebounds, doing that kind of thing. And then I think when Helston got in there and played well. He uh, might have got a little worried that he was going to get Wally Pipp there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because when he gets to this time of the year, Derek, you're going with the guy that's hot, right? That's the guy you're playing. He's well, that's your how guy. you're
0: going to win a championship, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. Cam Johnson I, got
0: hot at the right time, and that's just correct. Not
1: good. Yeah, and I just think that it makes you keener about what you're doing, and you're working a little harder because your expectation isn't that no matter what I'm going to play every day, right? that I could be set on the bench if I don't up my game. And he certainly has. He's been phenomenal the last three weeks. He's been the guy that we thought we were getting all along. And you knew it was there because you've seen him do it before. Mm -hmm. Now you're getting it. Mm -hmm. Now that's hope that he's turned that corner. And this is what we're going to get throughout the rest of the season, right? Because you're not going anywhere without, you can't win despite your goaltending. You just can't. You look at all, you can't win in the NHL. You can't win in peewees. Right, your goaltender has to be your best player on any given night if you want to win championships. And right now, he's playing like that.
0: Well, I mean, I I've, I have yet to see many high school teams that haven't run without a pretty good goaltender, right? I mean, it just doesn't. They don't. I mean, it, it, I don't, don't think I don't think it matters what level you're at. I mean, my cousin it doesn't was part of the 1990 uh, Roso State Championship team, and I tell you, mm-hmm. Jer- Jerome Butler, who went on to UMD, he wasn't yep. a shabby one. They had. They had some dudes, I mean, Chris Gotsman and Billy Lunn and those guys, they could, they could play, but they weren't going to where they got to get by Grand Rabbits with the state title with uh, Jerome You
1: got it. You got it. It's, there isn't, there's just no, there's no getting around it. Your goalie. I mean, when the Los Angeles Kings were winning Stanley Cup, who was the best player on their team? It wasn't Anze Kopazar. It was It It was Jonathan Quick. Yeah. You know? And when Boston was winning it was too right?
0: Yep. No, there's it's no
1: just it's the way it works.
0: It's just yep. how, how it goes. Well, I mean, let's face it, when yep. the North Stars made their run, John, you know, Casey was, you know, pr- yep. good, but he wasn't always great. But he he made the difference there. And you know, and yep. Eddie in two thousand, I mean, you can go down the line. I got I, I wish I could bring my cousin in because you know, we don't hear a lot of stories. We know how intense he is, but he talked about because that was the first year Dean Blaze came to Roseau. And oh my yep. heavens! He said we well, would sit there and you would be in the in the locker room. And he opened up the door and you could hear a pin drop. He just was so intense. He didn't want to
1: ever. Dean Blaze is a, a whole different animal than some of the some of the coaches you see now. And the thing about Dean, tough on goalies. Really, I mean, he'll he'll yank you right now.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, interesting. he'll just
1: boom. I mean, he doesn't like it. You're gone. You're, he'll just he'll take you out. He doesn't care who you are. He'll he'll get another goalie in there right now. You you give up one from a bad angle or one he thinks you should have. He'll, he'll get
0: you could he work probably, as well yeah. today i mean he was not that far removed from coaching but you know you know what I'm getting at it's just it's kind of a yep. different animal so many coaches it that is. are successful now are find that fine line between you know i i call it tough but will hug right and Dean didn't hug much but you, you know what I'm getting at or you got to be yep, I, I, I see it you you gotta be tough on him but you gotta hug him when things go well too and it's interesting yeah, i think it's it,
1: I don't think, Derek, it's because he, he couldn't do that or he couldn't coach today's game. I think it's because the players that he's coaching, are, weren't, were, they've been brought up that way now, right? They weren't mm-hmm. brought up that way back then. They were brought up the tough love way back then, right? Yeah. And as coaches, we all were too. So you have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to change if you want to – you're going to get the respect because you're being blazed, right? But if you want to keep the, the respect – you have to you have to change. You have to do whatever the times are calling for, right? It's like Bobby Knight. He kind of came and he kind of went, right? He he was here for 30 years, but all of a sudden the game changes and the, the people change and the players change, and it doesn't work anymore, right? You're 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 preaching to the choir. You need to you need to have a different point of view, and some people can't do it. They can't change.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. I just I wonder because and my cousin like playing yeah. for him, right? I mean, I got a lot of guys had oh, yeah. success. I mean they. It, it, you yep. know, it was intense. Of course, my uncle was yep. a little bit more intense than my dad, too. So that's what maybe he's used to it. But, yep. but you know, I, it's kind of an interesting thing. And it, it, I always I, I wonder about that because he was a he was a tough one. But I, I don't hear many UND players ever saying, man, that was awful either. They oh, had a no, lot of fun. They love him. Yeah. It's yep. kind of crazy, isn't they it?
1: Want, he's the type of coach that would go to war with you. And I mean, literally, I mean, he'd, he'd be the Jawan Howard. And that, <laughs> that would have been a love tap that Jawan Howard gave. Blaze, you know what I'm saying? He's the guy that would yeah. do anything for his no. players. Who was yeah. it?
0: Him, Tim had someone on last year at this time. He's one of his assistant coaches. They said they were really good friends, but they got, yeah, you know, they're out. John lit, Marks. Yeah, I don't know if it was. Yep. Said, well, and they they got into it right, and.
1: Oh, well, they've gotten into it with each other many times. Yeah, and I know that. I mean, when Saratori was there too, and Frank Saratori was there, he got into it with him too when he was an assistant. Yeah, they didn't pull no punches. If they yeah. didn't like it, it was just it G- was a war.
0: G- Gino is playing uh, yeah. referee a lot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and by the way, yeah. we should mention, you know, uh, condolences out there. I, I you know, Talking a lot to Travis Dunn this past week, it, it, yep. it, it affected him with Tootsie uh, passing away.
1: Yeah, it, and, it's affected a lot of people here. I mean, I'll tell you what, outside of hockey, which is the way most of us, especially the people who grew up here in this town and they have kids that grew up in this town, it, it isn't even a hockey thing, Derek. I mean uh most of my kids had her as a teacher
0: sure yeah. my
1: my daughter has had her as a teacher her last full time year, and my kids love her, you know why because she treats them with respect and she treats them like she would treat her own kids yeah. and that's that's what's important it it's it isn't a job to her it's she's a, she's just a just a great person, just she just cared about people, you know what I mean and it didn't have anything to do with hockey I, I respected her. I mean, she could have not been Geno's wife, and it wouldn't have made any difference to me if she was still a wonderful person and a great teacher. And to me, she's, she can stand all on her own, right? She doesn't need to stand. She's not riding Geno's coattails, in right. my opinion. I think she's just, she was just a beautiful person, and there's no other way that you can say it by that, and that's why she's so respected. And I'll tell you, you can ask Travis Dunn, and I'm sure you, there's a whole bunch more uh, players that played in that era. That she was like a mother figure to some of those kids that were playing, that were living, you know, way away from home. She made them feel comfortable, right? That yep. was one of the things that she did there, and it had nothing to do with what was going on with the X's and O's in hockey. It had to do with what was going on with life, right?
0: No, you're exactly right. Well, you yep. think about some of these college's coaches; their wives serve that role. I mean, you see it quite a yep. bit. I mean, even uh, yep. Uh, I think Terry, Terry, uh, what, uh, Sabin, Nick Sabin's wife. You yep. hear stories about that, how. You know, as tough Correct. as he is, and that she's kind yep. of the calming influence, you know, and Mrs. Sabin comes yep. in, it really makes a difference. And I think I kind of heard those stories from Travis about, uh, you know, Gino's white Tootsie who passed away suddenly yep. last week, and it certainly shocked yep. a lot of people, that yep. is for sure. The first uh, lady sure. of UND hockey for a very Correct. long time. There's just and no... probably
1: always will be, in yeah. most people's opinion. You know what I mean? I think that would be a hard thing to change. Yeah, no doubt. So.
0: Well, Ole, it's going to be a big one this weekend. Western Michigan. Yep. I'm, I'm guessing UND has got a little revenge on their mind because that was. Uh... I
1: think they do, and I'm really looking forward to it because this is really this is a big series. I think they could uh, they could uh, put it away here this weekend if they could find a way to sweep Western. it's going to great. be a tall task, but I think they could do it. You bet. So
0: six thirty after game on hockey with Scott Taylor and uh, Travis Dunn. So we got it all for you coming up on Friday. Ole, thanks so much for your time. I do really appreciate yep. it.
1: Anytime, Derek, have a good night and stay cool or
0: stay warm. Yeah, I'm trying to stay warm. I'm okay. cool enough, believe me. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Thank you Bye. very much. Steve Olson, again, color analyst for UND hockey. Of course, you can hear that game Friday night against Western Michigan. And then Saturday night, 5 30. 6 30 on uh Friday, uh, 5.30 5 30 on Saturday, and again Friday. We're moving game on hockey because we got wild hockey on Thursday right here on KFG. more Couch Potato Radio coming up.